see, I can you like I can hear you now. Okay, I can hear you way way better now. Way better. Okay, yeah. then fine. Well then, okay, me and Apple are gonna have a fucking conversation because <laughs> I did not spend two hundred and fifty pounds on AirPods for a two hundred and fifty pound laptop to be doing better microphone quality. Two hundred and fifty pounds. These cost these AirPods, cost, cost fifteen quid and the in ear. I, I haven't I haven't broken them. They're waterproof. They don't fall out when I jog. They don't fall out when I dance. Sometimes no, because I'm <laughs> sometimes the brand is really like it's it's giving me clout chasing here. Yeah. It's giving me Apple <laughs> and um they laughed in my face. And but you know, fair play to them. Capitalism <laughs> and that. Well done to that. Oh, so how are we? Today, today is the first day of cancer season and it's really starting to show because I am going through it. <laughs> I saw um, your tweet, you were having a rough day. Yeah, I think I, I just woke up today and there was just so much stuff to do mm-hmm. at once and it was just very overwhelming. Um, I've just cut my braids. So yeah, I was watching you do that yeah. and I was like, is that your, that's like your, your actual hair you've grown? No, no, this, this, this is extensions. I made sure to cut it like <laughs> past. Oh, I thought end. we were having a moment on camera, and I was like, <laughs> "Is everything okay?" Ooh. No, I have a, I have a shoot tomorrow, so I'm gonna have my hair out and an afro. Oh, cute! We love. I did see your Vogue. Oh, oh, thank oh. you. Oh, it was very, it was giving, it was giving what you needed to do. We loved it, loved to see that. I was like 19 there. That was really? From, that was from 2019, yeah. Wow, pre-pandemic, you know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm You've been reaping in. it, reaping the rewards now, isn't it? No, we love that, we love to see that. Um, For anyone who hasn't seen my my Vogue Italia um shoot, shit, um go onto my Instagram or go to Miles Lofton's Instagram. Amazing person to work with. I mean, one of my favourite photographers. Just a joy all around. Um, so yeah, hi guys. Welcome to Chirp Sets Podcast. Um, today I'm here with someone I haven't seen since, was it April, March? It's April, definitely. I think it was April. I think it was April. Yeah, when we were on um, a shoot together. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Name, pronouns, what you do? Okay, question. Is your podcast just audio, not physical? So you can you can be as bummy and as Oh, thanks the Lord. You know, we just had to get the <laughs> in there, but okay, great. Um so yeah, name is Farouk, pronouns he, him, ho. The ho is very, very I say this, it's very specific. Like I'm not letting that one go. Like he, him, his cute, but he, him, ho, I think that encompasses me and my entire identity a lot better. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, just a 22-year-old gay man living his gay fantasy. Enjoyment. So when I met you, 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 you talked a lot about living the, the, the gay fantasy and doing the doing things. But obviously, the, the coronavirus pandemic has, has, has made it very, very difficult. That, uh, tell me about it. The coronavirus, has, the way this pandemic has like hit, my sex life is <laughs> it like I just I was I was thinking about the numbers we were doing <laughs> prior to this pandemic. And then when this pandemic hit, I was like, wow, I didn't know 
abstinence was like a thing. But guys, clearly I have joined you and I can't even pretend I'm not going to be like one of those people that say I went straight and on the entire thing because <laughs> that's a lie and I don't lie. But when I say we went from numbers to like, I think less than five people, I said, let, <clears throat> this is giving me... It's giving straight up. life. This is giving me worried about my body count. This is giving me yeah. So that was kind of it was very it was up upsetting. Uh, yeah, we were we went we got through it. And how have the numbers risen again now that now since April twelfth? Um. <laughs> well, actually, well, I should actually say this because um, my friend's been like trying to get me. He was trying to get me on prep for years, and I finally did actually get on prep. So I am now on prep. You know, I'm very like you know, guys, prep is the way forward. Like, um, because it's really crazy. Quick, a quick tangent, but it's really, really crazy how like we are so especially our generation of queer people kind of disconnected from how traumatic HIV was for the, for our community. So yeah, he's like, I was aware of it. And when it came out, it was a prep trial. So even that whole prep trial thing to me kind of put me off. Cause I was like, you guys aren't trying anything on me. When you guys have the science down, you can find me and you can give me the drugs. You know what I mean? So, and it's crazy. Cause when we actually found out, like he, he's been an advocate for it. So when I spoke to him about that, he was like to me how they called it a prep trial and he was like against it being called a prep trial because he knew that how people would take it but it was a trial to see who needed it it wasn't a trial to see if it worked and i was like you guys should probably do some marketing here because you guys delayed me in my whole prep journey for about four years but um yeah so like i'm now i'm now on prep so i will say the numbers are steadily should i even say exponentially increasing it's giving me coronavirus rates it's giving me coronavirus rates we are back in these streets we are back in these streets so it's going great what about you um before i before i go on i just wanted to ask um can you give people a lowdown on what prep is um yes of course on the nhs oh absolutely so prep is a pill you can take it either or based off your events also based off generally how frequently you think you're having unprotected sex or how frequently yeah do i have an unprotected sex compared to um every day i personally take it every day because and I will explain this quickly. If you take it event-based, you have to take four pills. You take two prior, and then you take two after. If you take it once a day, you're taking seven a week. If now for, you know, someone like me who's back in the streets, you know, after this pandemic has arisen, for an event, so like four, you have to take four pills per every time. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, if I do two men a week, you're going to have to take eight pills. Yeah. And two is like the bare minimum, how, you know, exponential growth, we're getting back in the street. So it's like, I just thought it just made sense you know, for me to go on like a daily basis. And it really, it prevents you catching HIV. If I was to have sex, if I was to have unprotected sex with someone who had HIV, who didn't know they had HIV, but actually had it or any of that, um, I would not catch it. And um, especially if you bottom, you are at a greater risk of catching it, especially if you have an unprotected sex. And, you know, we like to double and double and both. So um, I've just been, it's like a really cautious way to kind of go out your life. Because it's so funny because people have the kind of stigma of like, oh, you're prep, but does that mean that like, you're everyone's beaten raw? I kind of started that, like all of that stuff. And it's quite interesting because people have unprotected sex and it's like, I would rather we actually stop the spread of HIV rather than like carry on with this. Like, I don't want to get it because then people are going to think that all oh, I'm just beating everyone raw. It's like, you can be, be beating everyone raw. You can be beating like three people raw. It does not matter. If this is, and even then it's like that whole your man business, like, ah, oh, 
if you're having unprotected sex, it's just a really safe drug to have. You um, get it. It was so, when I say so easy to get, I said, wow, you guys are really looking after me. I, I thank you. So, yes, on the NHS, it's absolutely free. Um, you get it sent to your house. You just have to do a cheeky, cheeky test because um, they, they, they do your, like, STD work and they check your blood because that's one, like, the main thing to make sure your kidneys are fine with it. Um, and you do get, like, um, you get your blood test every year as well just to make sure everything's good. But, honey, everything is great. Everything is great. So, oh, no, yeah, I need to get on the NHS. Hot girl oh, child. Yeah, honestly, because when I met you, I... No, actually, not even when I met you. Before before the pandemic, I was kind of I was kind of celibate. I was celibate for a year exactly, um, um, and then I broke my celibacy in December, and that was a really nice that was a really nice experience. Um, very intimate, very comfortable, and that was like my whole thing. I wanted to refrain from sex so I could um, rethink my relationship with sex and sexuality. Um, but then, sort of after I broke my celibacy, I was like, well that it was it was a hookup it was it was, it was a grander hookup i can't lie um <laughs> and i was just like this is the good. best the best those are the best <laughs> let, it, <laughs> let it be known those are the best <laughs> as in i don't need to know your name i don't need to know your i don't need this there's something really just like and obviously each to their own not everyone can do it yada yada, yada. that's a whole conversation in itself but there is something just like really gratifying about just like two people coming together to share a moment of pleasure and it's like deuces there's no stress there's no added on baggage there's no so what religion it's like that's not the question here the question is how good are you or what you're meant to be doing oh you, you seem really good do you know what i mean so for me um obviously there is conversations to be had around all of that but there is something really gratifying about just like hookup sex it's like this is oh wow whoever yeah. came up with this great yeah, I feel like for me, like my real challenge now is because I know I can do, I know I can do hookups. Um, my real challenge is I want to this year find either like a friend or or like maybe a dating partner or someone that I I have fostered like a genuine emotional connection with, and see if I can have sex with them because I know that I'm quite avoidant when it comes to intimacy in all forms, um, and so I feel like that would be the real challenge for me to be to be physically vulnerable with someone that already knows me well. That's so crazy you say that because um, I probably like if I was to, you know, delve into that side of it, I would, would I say like emotion, like I'm avoidant, but it's just because I just don't think it's the time. I don't think it's the time. And I've had one and I say one because it's like I have to acknowledge it. I have to acknowledge it. But then I've had like one mildly, not really, but kind of, I was young, serious, not, he was a devil. He was a devil. He was the devil. And in that entire situation, what it really taught me was, one, I am really like giving. I'm a really giving person. I really like to like be there. I like to spend time with people, especially people I like. And, um, if I see someone's hurting or I feel like someone's hurting and I feel like I can help them, I will sit and I will suffer through the bullshit you put me. And I said, and I, that was, it was the first time I kind of seen that for myself. I said, we can never do this again. I don't do it with friendships. I will never do it for, I will never do it for a man. Are you on crack? So yeah, I'm so happy God put me in his, like put him in my path when I was really young. I say really young, I was 18 because I said, um, there is no, no, there's not, no, it's not what we're looking for here. I'm not looking for a husband yet. They're not paying my bills. This is just not it. So I'm at the stage where I'm like, I don't, 
I'm not not even looking, I'm not looking for interested in like the dating scene at all in the slightest, which is funny because a lot of people do bring it up. It's like, why don't you have a boyfriend? It's like, is it by fire, by force? Yeah, I'm, like if you really wanted one, you could very easily get one. It's never that serious. But it's so know. like, oh, I don't even know if I could because it's like, the people, it's like, you're going to annoy me. I'm quite really specific. Like, if you, like, just look, like, people who come into my room, like, everything, everything's got a base, everything's got a thing. I'm very, very specific. And I like being in my own space. I don't, as much as I like people, I also like my own four walls. So, I've already said this, me and my partner are going to have separate bedrooms because we're going to be those people. Same, same, you can come and sleep same. and, like, we can come and sleep and we can be, but we will have our separate bedrooms because why are we sharing wardrobe space? Why are we doing it? Why? We, I don't understand. I don't. So yeah, I'm really just not at that dating space yet. But let me know how it goes. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Um. Also, we need we need to go on a night out. I'm a partier. Believe you me. Get me the, get me the fuck out of this quarantine and this lockdown. And um, I'll be in these streets. I'll be. I don't even know if Black Pride is happening this year. But no, it's not. If it is, you might say. Is it not? Oh, okay. Well, did, did you are did you ask me to my um bl- um black queer cowboy picnic? I did see that. See, I'm in I'm in okay, you can't say the city, but I'm in a different city to London for uni. So um, if I can make it, I saw it. I said okay, this is because it's interesting to think that growing up, I really did think I was the only black and queer like black and gay yeah. person in this entire country. I was like, <laughs> there's no one else, no one else exists. I can't believe there were other people at the same age as me learning Nicki Minaj lyrics. I can't believe that, but I didn't <laughs> see it. So when I like see these kind of events, like there's other queer people, I'm like guys and obviously because america kind of dominates the scene in times of that on like socials and stuff it's like really crazy to be like oh no there's someone who lives like down the street and we're all interested yeah. in like queer stuff it's like love that so yeah it's yeah yeah i don't know i feel like um because i remember when when we met like we bonded over the whole like no love no no romance like we're for the streets but i feel like um I feel like I've gotten to a place in my life and I think I've done a lot of the necessary work where I would like to open myself to the possibility of, of not even just the possibility. I want to actively try and like explore dating, even if nothing comes from it, just going on dates, treating it as like one-off occasions to meet people, learn about humanity, like get like practice communication and whatnot. And if anything comes from it, then amazing. Um, And that has, I'm a very secure person. I'm a very confident person. But because I haven't really been dating, dating properly, I feel like dating now has just resurfaced a lot of like dating anxieties that I had as a teenager. Uh, you feel like you're, you're not, yeah, it's, it's like when you haven't worn heels in a while, you know, exactly. you have a cheeky, cheeky bubble, and then you realize you're the baddest bee in the streets. Yeah. I, exa- I know exactly. I know exactly. Yeah. But it's also kind of refreshing to see like when I've had those anxieties, like the way that I deal with it now as like a, 22 year old who's quite like well-rounded because like I I even had like a sort of like nervousness after I went on a date with someone I was just like I I don't know what they're thinking I can't read their mind and like we haven't been talking like since the date that often I literally just messaged them and I was just like oh like I was I was feeling a bit nervous about this and then they reassured me and and that was it and as, as soon as that was done I lost all of the insecurity about it but teenage wow. me would have sat there for weeks and 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 tried to like get clues from the social media or like the way that they're talking to me instead of just outright asking. You know how much I love what you just said? It's like, I've always been like, a, if something, if something bothers me, 
I have to like confront it directly. I can't sit here and fester. I can't sit here and try and do clues. I have to ask you directly. So that whole, like you just went and you asked the question. It's like, what is the most that's going to happen? Is it like, if it's that bad, I really shouldn't be dating you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that simple, like, and it's crazy because I have like a, I would say like an older gay dad. He's like, he just found me. I was 18. He was like 27. I'm not like that, but he like, he was on Twitter we were like, and then it was like gay pride, and we kind of like from there just started talking. Both from the same country, so it's like, oh, and we're both oh, gay. Oh, look at us, that. look at us sitting in these streets, saying about, you know what I mean, upsetting all the culture. Oh, honey, we were doing the shit. So, um, yeah, and it's really crazy to like, like see that kind of growth in him as well. Like when I speak to him and stuff like that, that self awareness and like. Being, uh, being aware of your faults and then being able to deal with that. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not ready to date yet. Sorry. Yeah. Because I, I don't think people are there. I don't think the people I want to date are there, if that makes sense. My thing uh, is that- It's like, I can't sit here and be your therapist. You're not paying me. You're not. Yeah. Especially like, I, I'm presuming that we, we, we both have a preference for dark-skinned black men because we are dark-skinned black men. I do like a good chocolate, but you know, they're all like, oh, I'm just trying to find the tall ones. Um, and it's crazy. I think it's really hard because with the guys, we like, for example, black guys, like, let's say like within specifically the, like, because I think we already know like the queer community can be racist. The LGBTQ plus community can be definitely racist. So when you come in as a black person, there's kind of already stereotypical roles that they want to put you in, mm-hmm. um, which is going to take me into like a really nice tangent about you, which is just something you've never known, but obviously we've only met like twice, once actually. So this is going to be interesting, but they really do put you into roles as soon as you come into the community. Do you know what I mean? And especially as like tall, both dark skin, both, and we both have beards, you know, I don't have a beard anymore, but we both had four beards. I've got a full beard for like my entire life. There's certain roles you're automatically put in. And um, I feel like, Within us, then there are quite, um, like for example, you'll see it all the time, like it's like DL only, or it's like mm-hmm. like the, the strictest mass. It's like the whole fetish, the fetishing, fetishization of DL men mm-hmm. in our community. Oh my god, honey, they're trauma, they're traumatized. Like that's it's all it is. It's like you guys are like fetishizing traumatized men, traumatized men who haven't dealt with their inner demons, and it's like. Yeah, I know you got like you can want rough sex, you can want dominance, you can want all of that, and it not have to come from someone who's traumatized. It, it doesn't have to come, or not necessarily traumatized, but someone who's like not fully accepted themselves. Like, there's a lot of self hate just sitting there loathing, and it's like, this is I know you guys think self hate dick is the best dick, but it's not, it's <laughs> toxic, it will kill you, it will no, kill you, it will kill you, and it's like, it's it, it, oh my god, and that's why, like. When I first, because I first saw you, and for me, like, recently, I've had, like, this whole, like, kind of meshing of masculinity, femininity, how I present, how I want to be present, how I want to be, like, received. Um, That kind of ties into, but not exclusively with the whole removal of the beard, because I did feel like there was a level of you cannot be feminine with a beard, which is why when I saw you, I was like, wow, you're you're giving it to the girls, because it was like, you're you have a full beard, but it's like, some of the looks you're giving here is like, honey, this is he's tapped in. He's tapped in to the feminine. He's, he's fully embarked in that. He's fully submerged in femininity right now. And it's giving. So it was really, really crazy because I do feel like the LGBT community really does have strict roles. And um, mm. sometimes it's like, give me a fucking break. Do you know what I mean? I so I've definitely noticed that about myself 
in the last year or so as well and just like the exploration of like gender and gender presentation and whatnot it's like i because i identify as non-binary but um i recently changed my pronouns back to he him um and at first i wasn't really going to talk about this on the, on the podcast but when i had my pronouns as he they i think a lot of people who don't have a critical understanding of gender um saw the they and in their minds they was a placeholder for she or woman or, or or feminine when it's not it wasn't like that's that's not my experience of gender my experience of gender is i i am more than a man like i'm i'm a whole man and more so i feel like <laughs> even just like it like you'll see you'll, you'll see me acting more comfortably feminine when i'm dressed more masculine and you'll see me you'll see me acting more masculine when i'm dressing more flamboyantly or colorful because it's like there's just that balance for me and it's like i'm very aware like that how i present might give people assumptions of me. So, like, if you see me in a puffer jacket, like, standing all stush and, like, and, like, tough, yeah. That's Honey, like, that's why we like, never get beat up. It's why we never <laughs> get beat up. Yeah. Uh, which has also been, like, a fun exploration of, like, my hair as well, because it's, like, my hair's... There's so much power in black hair, and we have such an intimate mm-hmm. and, like, niche relationship with our hair. Um, and my hair was even one of the ways in which I could safely and subtly explore gender presentation and and femininity or even masculinity in other senses yeah it's just great that's quite interesting you say that that's quite interesting you say that because i um for hair like i wasn't like allowed to grow my hair like that was the thing i wasn't allowed to grow my hair like my hair was cut every two weeks Mm. and then my dad went abroad and it was like okay so because my dad was cutting my hair my dad went abroad and he was like who's gonna cut your hair and it was like we're finally gonna step into a barber honey we've upgraded we're here because my dad would cut my hair and it would just be like bald that was it it would just be going bald there was never a shape up i was suffering for too many years on this planet but that's what how it was done do you know what i mean he'd give me a night tick or whatever it's like a night tick and a bald head yeah how everyone can see it in it so then i started going to the barber and um even then it was like still level one but there was a bit of a shape up do you know what i mean and i did grow my hair at one point because i did feel like it was a way for me to tap into my femininity like i really had a really really high high top and i wanted my like i wanted my sister to cane roll it i wanted everyone to cane roll it and i said they couldn't and that was one thing i felt like i kind of everyone pissed me off about because it was like Mm. i wanted it cane rolled and I feel like I had long enough, I did definitely have long enough hair for it to be cane rolled. But there was a way that people felt like it was, I think, going too far for them. And it was yeah. kind of irritating. And I, by the point I'd like gotten rid of my hair top, it was like, because like, I got rid of my hair top because I was sick of it. But it was like, I could have enjoyed it more if you guys had just let me do what I wanted to do yeah. in the moment. You actually raised a very interesting point because I've tweeted a few times um, that I really want the black male community um to be released from the bondage of the barbershop and this is the whole the whole bondage of of like shape ups and like low cuts being seen as masculine and and boys feeling like they have to maintain this this look like every two weeks like and it just it's just so sad because it's like that that's how you'll get boys in their in their 20s who are like just learning what products they need to use in their hair because they haven't had to maintain this growth and whatnot and now you have like quite... adult black men who don't even know how to braid their own hair, myself included. Like I'm still learning. <laughs> no, I can't. I can imagine. I think it's because, especially in our community, like especially within the black community, um, from like especially like I want to say specifically, I'm from Sierra Leone in Nigeria. Do you know what I mean? These are quite traditionally conservative households. There was mm. women roles and there were male roles. Do you know what I mean? They're quite 
and then on top of religion as well it was like okay everyone has their place in it was very that so it was like me piercing my ears abolish society it was like the worst <laughs> thing i could ever like my my mom seeing my pierced ears started to she started crying it was like oh my god do you know what i mean it's like the worst thing they could imagine because it was like to them only girls get their ears pierced, literally and i was like it's so crazy when you think about some of the things that we're having to convince our parents of compared to other people like our like counterparts it's like oh you're just dying your hair and getting tattoos at young ages i'm still trying to let them know that it's like i can wear i can wear black and it not be the worst thing like oh i can have a piercing and it not necessarily mean that the world is coming to an end i couldn't i couldn't imagine what they would think if they saw my nails painted they'd have a heart attack they would absolutely have these are the smallest thing that would send them over the edge and it's like honey i'm paying bills like we have things like ugh, we're still we're working on it we're working. yeah we are i think that's one thing that i i was quite i guess lucky as like only the only child of like a single parent for most of my life and because i'm i'm a very strong personality so it's like even from like let's say like six seven eight like i wasn't taking shit from adults like i would i would very much be like this is what i'm doing you don't like it kill me or shut the fuck up like um, and then obviously when i got to the age where like the height kicked in and and i could actually i could actually fight and i was just like so it's like even that was that was a physical advantage but it's like as i grew into confidence and started experimenting like when i got my ears pierced and whatnot there was conversations how just like oh isn't isn't that just like for girls or like when i when i paint my nails and, and like get my head on and stuff and i was just like i don't really care about your opinion i'm j- i'm what i do is like when i when i say things i'm just like i'm doing this they'll be like oh this feedback or that feedback or like even with my hair when i first started doing my hair again it was just like oh isn't that too many beads isn't isn't your hair a bit too long and i was just like oh no i wasn't i wasn't asking you i was i was i was letting you know so that you can rehearse your 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 pleased face for when i come back ah no i love that no i love that it's like i'm giving you forewarning because when i bring this here i'm gonna need the energy i'm gonna expect the energy so you've been given pre-warning love you see that it's crazy i do think because i do think about how I might have been like, I wasn't out for a lot of my life. Obviously, I'm only 20, I'm 22 now. So I wasn't out for like to my parents for a lot of my life or whatever. But it was like, it, it didn't diminish my personality. This, this, all of this energy, all of this caricature, all of this storytelling, this was there since they saw it. They loved it. Like my parents were pissing themselves laughing when I was doing this in the household. It's just, oh, when I then told you, yeah, this month also levels up this once or twice in the week. And it's like, oh, this is just so much. Do you know what I mean? It was like, but the personality, and it's like, because then I would try and be like, oh, right, this might be acting gay and stuff like that. It's like, you knew what this was before. I was a personality in this, in my right prior to you knowing what my sexuality was. Let's not do this, honey. Let's not do this. So it's, um, yeah, it's quite interesting you say that your personality, because I do think a lot of, a lot of us specifically having, having to navigate the world as someone in the queer community, you automatically from a young age, even if you don't necessarily know what's going on, you know that certain things are going to, get this reaction, garner this reaction from people, and certain things are going to garner this reaction from people. And as a result, you navigate the world through that. So I do, and we do that from such a young age because homophobia was so, so rampant through society that it was like, oh, I been knew it was wrong before I knew what it was. Can you imagine? Yeah. We knew we hated the gays before we even knew what being gay was. It was like, that's how deep-rooted homophobia was in 
our culture, religion, society, and it's like, wow, we're really having to break the mold. Hard work. And honestly, I I love seeing it. Like I, I I do casting now, and it's like every time I every time I get an email from someone who's black and queer, like my heart just lights up. I'm just like. You, we're, we're putting our faces out there. We're putting our faces on magazines. We're taking up space on runway. We're doing editorials. We're doing all sorts because we're not afraid to be seen now. There was a really great campaign by um, Exist Loudly, um, X um, Collusion and ASOS. Um, ASOS made a very lovely donation of 38K to them. Um, and I got to see like, so many of like my beautiful like black and brown like friends and associates and acquaintances um and <laughs> who knows maybe even enemies i'm joking but like i got to see them all taking up space and being so joyful and so loud in their expression and I, I, like it literally moved me to tears because i was like we deserve this because we've been silenced and snuffed out for so long and now we're loud as fuck and we get to exist loudly um yeah um, I- and there's like a willingness for it there's a looking for it there's like a there's a yearning people People are bored with the mainstream. And it's so funny because it's like, we've been bored with the mainstream for a long time. But it's like, oh, now you guys are seeing the joy that we can bring to society. And that's why when I see any sort of thing like conservative, it like, you really have to convince me why you're a conservative. Because it's like, what are you trying to conserve in this world that is so great? (laughs) What has been so spectacular that you are trying to preserve? Because what it's it's giving me no no it really wasn't it's really what it really wasn't it really wasn't um before we carry on i just wanted to say, to say to everyone i will be putting links to um find out more information about prep um i will be putting links to exist loudly and the amazing foundation made by china compass um and yeah check it out and do some good things for some good people um including yourself <laughs> um, including yourself Pose. Have you watched it? Have you finished it? Okay. I've not watched season three. But the reason why I haven't watched season three is because No, I'm not. I'm I'm the realest bitch you will ever see. And this is the reason why. Because I watched season one and two and they were spectacular and we will get into that in a second. But the reason why I haven't watched season three was because it was coming out as episodes, isn't it? It was coming out episodes. And I was at a stage where I could not deal. I, I, when I watch it, I want to watch it. Well, firstly, all in all, like I'm going to sit down. I'm going to give myself a day. And it's going to, it's going to be in a mo- bim bam, bish bash bosh. You know what I mean? Um, so that's also why I haven't watched it yet. But um, Pose is when I found Pose and I watched it for the first time. It for me was the. It was our. Story being told. And it's so crazy because even though it was American culture, it was so it, it was so about being black and gay. It was so about the struggle. And I was just like, you people are you you know when they like make a film and sometimes they make a gay film, but it's like, you know, cater to the white people. And it's like we're gonna tone down some of the things our society is about because we don't mm-hmm. want any you know, too many people. This was Fully gay, fully bi, fully les, fully. It was fully queer. It was, it was about the struggle. It was about the realities of the lives. Mm-hmm. It was about that storyline where she found that white guy in season one. I can't remember. Oh, was it India? Yeah, yeah. Uh, India Wars tomorrow. She found that white because it, it, it. That storyline shook me up, down, around, and binge me because it took me on a journey from 
okay, cool. Because when I first saw him, I was like, you know, cute, cool, cute, cool, Caucasian. If he's giving me coins, giving this is cute, do you know what I mean? And then it really played into the sinisterness of how you will be loved on and they will love on you and they will do all this for you. Ask them to bring you anywhere. Mm-hmm. They are looking at you like so. The, they are having a physical Every reaction, and it's like, oh my! I didn't know you felt. I, I didn't know you were so disgusted by me. I did not know you were so disgusted by me. Mm-hmm. And I loved how honest they were about how it's so different for when you pass. But even then, the realities of what being passing that like, because yeah, it was like India more as a current character because so I have so not watched it so Passing for people who don't know what passing is. Passing, cool. So passing is um, so it's a term used for when a trans woman presents as a cisgendered woman. So a cisgendered woman is a woman who was born biologically female and identifies with that as a woman. So the term passing is kind of saying, oh, you weren't able to clock that this person was genetically born a male. Like you can't clock a sign. Oh my God, this was just like any other woman down the street. That's the whole time of passing. And um, it was crazy because I really feel like Pose explained so not like it really delved into like the deal like pose is like oh i can't i can't believe this is the season three the final season i can't i can't even begin to watch it because i think the worst it's a lot and i feel like as someone as a gay person who obviously had issues with coming out watching i can't remember her name's angela i know the actress's name is angela but um it was the dark skin um a woman dark skin gal um, not Electra, because it was Electra. Oh, we know who Electra is. Oh, yeah, I, it wasn't her. It was the short dark one who died in season two. I'm cutting her when I'm doing spring. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, yeah. No, season two. Okay, so she died in season two. And her, like, the, her parents came for the funeral. Yeah. And her dad was there and her mum were there and they were bawling tears and crying and it was they were talking to her. And I was just like, you guys are gonna, you guys are doing, this is giving me too real too real for tv yeah so pose just i can't i can't sing enough praises about pose if you haven't watched it watch it because yeah. <sighs> phenomenal i mean i mean <clears throat> i've seen i've seen some very valid critiques of pose none of which i i think are worth mentioning right now because i think mm. i think again when you watch something you have to remember what purpose it serves um so for like us as black queer people pose is sort of like it's that kind of like validating our stories and like validating our reality. But the purpose it serves for everyone else who isn't us is it's like a sort of gateway into empathizing with us more. So regardless of things that could have been done differently and better, I do think it's worth watching, especially if you're not black and queer, um, because it might oh. give you more insight into the more intricate human niches of like existing as us. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's crazy because we don't, being black and being queer, you don't realise what it's like, I and mean, it's not our attitude, but it's a reality we face. We don't realise what it's like to never have encountered someone who's black and queer, to never have encountered someone who doesn't look like us, doesn't have our reality, doesn't have our life story, and then they encounter us, and it's like they're ignorant as hell. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Again, not my. But I, I do believe it's not the burden of every black person to be able to be me explaining the struggle of black people to you, and it's not the, the responsibility of every queer person to be resp- um, explaining the um, struggle of queer people to you. But there are people who do choose to take up that mantle, and for that we love and respect them. And uh, it's 
really is a gay way to kind of just be like, just watching it, the way I empathize, and I obviously empathize because it's like giving me similar situations sometimes, but it was like, the way you can empathize just because it's movie and film is such an emotive and powerful way to convey a message. It was a job well done. Yeah. And that actually brings on a good point because um, last year, um, um, during the height of BLM last year, um, a lot of, of course, a lot of, a lot of, I want to say well-intentioned, a lot of white people, that's what I'll say, a lot of white people were asking, whether they were well-intentioned or not, a lot lot of white people were Caucasians and being like, okay, so like, how can I, how can I understand you more? And that's a very good question because I, I, it's one of those questions where the answer is right in front of you, but because it's right in front of you, you don't see it because you're looking past it. And I would honestly say the best thing that you can do is to start consuming more of our stories. L- listening to this podcast, listening to other black podcasts, watching movies, w- reading reading books that 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 are our stories told by us, like insecure. I, yeah. I mean, even though awesome. Ryan Murphy was the one who made Pose, there were like that's still like a good gateway into understanding that aspect. Be, yeah, Naomi being one of the like like vocal people there. Do you know what I mean? Deshaun, it's like people who are hosting a legendary being very. Yeah present in the like creating of pose but something you just said there which was really interesting was um it was oh my god i have terrible memory it wasn't just creating like it consuming our content it was um oh my god well bitch forgot sorry consuming our stories um written by it was after after huh was it like consuming stories um by us about us Consuming stories about us by us. Ooh, it was something along those lines. Yeah, because yeah, that's what I want to say. Oh my god, thank you for reminding me. Because it's like when I want to learn something, for example, I'm really like politically in tune right now. Like I'm really like Boris Johnson, Matt Hancock, what are these campus that I'm that person right now. How did I get to be that person? I have spent hours reading articles by people who are so-called professionals but then i've been spent hours reading articles by people criticizing those so-called professionals on their takes and why their takes are terrible i have gone through here to their error i've done so much research to learn and there is this and i thank god don't have any um people like that you described earlier in my life who would dare stress me out about black lives matter because um they wouldn't make it but (laughs) i and i do think there is a balance to be sharp because if i did have a friend who was i don't i don't know how a friend could be my friend and be completely ignorant to the issues i face in society because i'm complaining all the time and like when i go to the shop and i get followed you will hear about it mm-hmm. so um those kind of stuff is like i don't know how you have a whole friend someone you consider your friend and you're telling me your friend is not in tune to any of the issues of your life until black Lives Matter just happened 2020 your friend is a fake friend and you're a fool because i don't know what that kind of relationship is are you guys saying hi to each other on the bus and that's the most of it. <laughs> that is the most that friendship could be because apart from that it's like any sort of I don't know how you're navigating this life and we're, we're just pretending my blackness isn't here. Or it's like, yeah, I just don't see your race, though. Do you know what I, I mean? Don't see color. Like, we're all human. Yeah. We're all one race, the human race. It's our character. Our character is what, you know, we're judged by. And it's like, um, none of my friends would ever dare repeat those lines to me because it's like, you know, we're not dumb here. I keep a, I keep a close circle of smart bitches. Everyone else gets cut. Do you know what I mean? So it is, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't, sorry to those people who suffered last year because <laughs> Lord Jesus, it was already a stressful year. It was a stressful year. It was a really 
it was a year full of just trauma because it was like constant on the news in America, mm-hmm. lives being lost back and forth. It was then the constant infighting as well within people of the black community because it was like, yeah, but can we talk about also black trans lives then? Can we bring it up now? Can we finally have that conversation? Mm-hmm. Because everyone likes to pretend that it's like, yeah, when we're all having this issue, it's like black men who are being um, unjustly killed and that's absolutely perfectly fine. But it's like that it doesn't take away from black men by talking about black women. It doesn't take away from speaking about black queer people because when you're speaking about the most marginalized people in society, it's like you often don't even hear about black trans people because it's like they're not even, they don't get considered on the list mm-hmm. because people are considering them mentally ill. It's like people just stop with black women and it's like, we're not even doing enough there. We're not even doing enough with black women. So it's like, can you imagine what we're doing with black trans people and black queer people? And it was just like, oh, you guys are... And then it was like having to check other gays and then having to check other black... It was like, you guys are giving me stress. And I was like, the fact that you guys are still not clued up, like, because a lot of these situations, I don't want to pretend like I got here by myself, did all this reading, I'm this amazingly open person. I feel like I'm... I feel like society has made me quite progressive because once you've been ostracized, it's like, well, clearly this is the good stuff. Do you know what I mean? But I do feel like it was like, it was just a year packed full of watching people feel like, why are we having this conversation? Like there were so many conversations where I was just like, oh, we, we've not progressed. We, you, you didn't catch on. And, and you not consider yourselves to be the white ones. Do you know what I mean? It was like, if the white ones are here, well then these fucking million of other people, it's like, well, you guys, Jesus, oh, call me when you guys are like 50 years old. Do you know what I mean? Let me know when you guys are up there. Like when, let me know when you got to catch up because Jesus, but no, it was a really, it was a really hard year, 2020. Um, so Love Island is it's June 21st. Happy June 21st, by the way, guys. The day that we were meant to be free, but of course, um, our government is incompetent and they don't actually listen to anyone's advice. So, months later down the line, when it's time to come through with the things that they promised us, our freedom, um, they've realized that they fucked up and they should have listened in the first place and not not have promised this because now they're just like no we gotta push it back guys we gotta, we gotta push it back one last leg almost there <laughs> do you know it's so crazy you say that because as i said you know i'm really politically in tune and one thing i feel like has been missing from the social discord about this the reason why this date has been pushed back is it is solely on Boris Johnson. It's solely on him. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is, the only reason why we have to push back um, Freedom Day, as they were calling it, God knows why they did that, but whatever. Unlocking on June, (laughs) as in you guys need to get a grip with that. We're pretty cool. We have quite a lot. We can do quite a bit. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to pretend like I just weren't drinking out yesterday or a few days ago. So we can do quite a bit. But... The issue was, it was like, okay, cool. The only reason why we can't unlock is because of this Delta variant. The Delta variant is is what we're now calling it, but it was called the, it was so-called the Indian variant. We, I don't know if we, we all saw on social media, we saw on the news when India was going through their waves. We saw they didn't have enough oxygen. We saw that people were dying in the streets. We saw that it was atrocious. Okay, cool, boom. You know, because government and scientists get information 
way before the public do. I think that people like to pretend that, you know, we all are on an equal playing field and, you know, the Prime Minister could not have known that that was happening. That's not how governments work, guys. That's not how intelligence works. That's not how our society works. The people in the higher ups, they have info. They have the info. My guy was told around it was 2nd or 3rd of April, he should be putting India on the red list. He um, and other countries, there are other countries, you know, they had their weekly or whatever review and he got told what countries he should put on the red list. At call boom. Boris Johnson puts Bangladesh and Pakistan on the red list, but does not put India. Hmm. 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 <laughs> a few weeks later, he then has hmm. to put India on because it's like, um, you know, you actually have to put in. And I say a few weeks later, at least it was like at least 14 days, at least two weeks late um, after he puts India on the red list. By that point, approximately about 20,000 Corona, um, Indian variant. Twenty thousand people had tested positive for coronavirus, and they brought in the Indian variant. So it was like, so you guys just imported this variant here, you know, because that's what you just like to do. That's what just Boris and his government likes to do. That's what they do for fun. That's what they do for fun. I call boom. Now, obviously, we're bringing it up because we're seeing Delta's on the rise. It's now more transmissible, like sixty percent transmissible. Apparently, it's more deadly. It's like, what the fuck did you bring here? What the hell is this? And my guy is like, um, because they're getting called out on it. It's like, why didn't you put India on the red list when you put Pakistan mm-hmm. and um, Bangladesh? Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. And you know, they just they just say whatever they want. Do you know what I mean? Because they think apparently facts don't matter. So apparently, their reasoning was um, that the positivity rate of COVID from Pakistan and India was like three, so from Pakistan and Bangladesh was three times higher than that of India. And it's like, oh, really? Well, not according to your own information, not according to public health in England. No, 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 no. Apparently, one of the countries was even more than India and one was less. So India was in the middle. So um, you're blatantly lying. You had a trade deal. Boris Johnson wanted to do a trade deal with India because obviously Brexit. And it's like this whole, we've got to show that we're global Britain. We're doing trade deals here, there and everywhere. So my guy didn't want to cancel his trade deal. You know, this is all conjecture. Take me to court, whatever, allegedly, whatever court. So he, um, he didn't want to cancel his trade deal. He didn't want to cancel his trip to go to India for the trade deal. But, you know, you had to anyway. Do you know what I mean? You just delayed when you put India on the red list. So this is giving me, this was political. This has killed people. It's um, give, it's delayed freedom day or whatever. But somehow, somehow, when you hear about it in the news, Boris Johnson's name's nowhere. It's just like, you know, we just have to unlock that. You know, we can't, we can't unlock because, you know, this Delta variant is really dangerous and like people are arguing and they're going back and forth and it's no one's, no one is acknowledging why it's here in the bloody first place. No one is acknowledging because, it, yeah, okay, variants come, cool. But if it did not come in the amount it did, it would have not necessarily grown as quickly as it has grown. So it would not be at the point where it is killing us right now and it's being a bastard and it's sharing itself around everyone. It's like the way it grew exponentially, I just, and everyone was like, well, well how did it get here? You know, oh, oh my God, we're going to have to like delay on looking. Oh my God, this is so sad. Our freedoms, our freedoms. And I didn't hear Boris Johnson's name once. I said, hmm, that's just my little rant. On the Period. Delta no, we, thank you very much. I, I I love I love having a good rant every episode, and honestly, I don't have the energy today, so I'm glad that I have you on. <laughs> no, I'm glad to do it, especially on something that pisses me off like that. Okay, let's get lo- lo- light-hearted with some Love Island. Um, love oh, Island is returning yes. on the 28th of this month. Um, have you seen Have you seen the contestants? I haven't. 
Okay, I have skimmed. I've skimmed. I've not seen. I will actually put it up. I've skimmed. I don't, okay. Let me just get this out there. I am a Love Island aficionado, a Love Island diehard. I watch Love Island religiously. I am very. I have opinions every day of Love Island. And Love Island six days a week. I am here like. I will be out here dragging people. Do you know what I mean? I very, I really do get into it. That's how I am about Love Island. Every, oh, every, I will be defending people when they do bad action. I will, it's a lot for me. So Love Island really does take up a lot of my day. So um, I'm just going to pull up the cast list and see. Yeah. His notable things this year. Um, they said that they're going to be introducing LGBT contestants this year. And yeah, how they can do that? Is, uh, to, to people, it might sound good, but I was just like, "Can you actually just leave us the fuck out of it?" Like, I don't want, I don't want. Give us our own show. Give us our own love island. Like, the one thing people need to know is that not all representation is good. Representation can be just as harmful as 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 what mm-hmm. trying to prevent. And I don't want the way that black women and black dark skinned people on that show are already treated have suffered. The way that they're really treated, suffered. Yeah. Um, I I don't need another one of I don't need my community another community of mine being put under the limelight and put like up for ridicule. Because look at look at the demographic of people who consume Love Island. Apart from Black Twitter and all of our kikis and hahas, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, mm-hmm. there's already enough like um, misogyny, misogyny, fat phobia, and, mm-hmm. and all sorts in the Black community. You're you're not opening up LGBT people to to all of that as well. No, and they're not going to handle it with the grace and the care that, and the responsibility that they need to. They're just going to chuck a few a few um socially acceptable gay people. Maybe have like a bisexual girl who who they who they over sexualize. Yeah, maybe even make like, what that's like. They're just you know, <laughs> <laughs> no. They're, you're bad. They're going to have a mayor. And um. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the black guys in there, Aaron, um, he's a dark skinned black man. Um, mm-hmm. you know when you just look at someone and you can say you can just be like, oh, and it took a couple of hours since the contestants were released for people to um expose the fact that he was on his Instagram story posting himself at the gym, like with with like I'm assuming he tanned a bit from the sun, and he was there calling saying, Oh, I'm getting too blick now, I'm getting too blick. And that's that's the dark skinned man that you want to represent us on the show. A dark skinned man who is still so rife of colorism that he's letting all of his thousands of followers like reinforce the same ideas which they already have about <laughs> about us without you opening your stupid dark skinned mouth to, to say some fucking colorist bullshit. I hope you go on the show and you suffer. I hope nobody matches up with you. I hope you go home and cry. I hope you don't get booked and busy from all of that nonsense because you're gonna go in that villa and laugh and kiki with all of your light skinned square headed mates and all of your Caucasian cracker friends, yeah. And you're gonna go there and laugh and kiki and reinforce the colorism that they're all banter banter bantering with just just to impress your fellow peers who are who are sk- shades like than you and put the dark is... under the same bullshit. Fuck you, Aaron. Fuck fuck <laughs> fuck rock rock <laughs> fuck everything. And I'll be Ooh, tuning in every, wow. day, tuning every day and you'll see me tweeting and enjoying because you know what? I can't anything from that shit or the people on it because frankly they're all idiots. Thank you. Thanks, ITV. Thanks. Wow. wow. He, you see, well, <laughs> hi, Aaron. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like he, he clearly says, ITV, you guys need um, to replace whoever is your casting director because I this mean, is not... Because we can find... 
you see, because this is this is the thing. The issue with representation, the issue with these shows is that they always have like one. It's like, why are you just giving me one? Like, you know, we are like, okay, you know, guys, I'm gonna have to spill the tea for you guys because I know we don't like to hear it, but black people, guys, listening, 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 <clears throat> we are only three percent of the population in this country i know scary i know i know i know i recently found out and it's been a start i just keep regurgitating so yeah i understand proportional representation but it's like when you give me one and then you always give me one who's just like like i am already i'm not gonna make any assumptions on camera because I know how the internet works, honey. But if you know I'm saying that, you know what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. we can move on from there. <laughs> enough said, baby, enough said. Enough said, enough said. Um, what did I want to touch on? We've got, we got, we got, we got some time left. We've got 10 minutes or so. Um, well, I'm looking at the cast. I'm not um, overly impressed. It's funny. They always do have like a Wes looking guy, someone who looks like Wes. Like the, they have that like light skin. When I say light, like, like, but when they're in sun, they tan. So Wesley, Wes, sorry, by the end was giving me chocolate. No, when he, he came in, up. he was giving me custard cream. Do you know what I mean? There was a significant shade difference because they turned really, and he turned really well. So they always give me that one light thing guy that's like, okay, you have like, okay, you have the black shape up. Do you know what I mean? You've got the black textured hair. You might even have like a, a little cheeky high top, but you can tell it's a bit cooly, but it's like, okay. and then it's like, okay, you are like, wow. If you stood next to someone called Callum, you guys would look the same. But okay. Do you know what I mean? Representation, whatever. I mean, I think this 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 year's Love Island will definitely be interesting, especially um, with the passing of Caroline Flack, rest in peace. Um, and that's obviously that one that questioned with like regards to ethics and aftercare of the show, and I mean, and the contestants as well. Um, and so I feel like the even with the LGBT element, in it, I think in general, just says to us that they they are at least thinking about restructuring how these things work. Like keeping it entertaining whilst keeping it safe. I mean, that's also the reason that they drug test and they don't let people smoke, um, etc. So it'll be interesting to see how this this year is, is different. Um, I will. I'm going to be one of these um, consumers. That's the role I'm going to play right now. And when I I'm, I'm going to say this because it's crazy. I say this because I've enjoyed many seasons of Love Island. There's been like five or six. You know, I mean, I enjoy them all to varying degrees. But for the people who were here for season one and two, if you know anything about Love Island, that smoking area was where the drama went down. That was where the shit had. That was where I think it was season one. Two people had just had sex. They were the winners, by the way. John and his, um, it was a Liverpool girlfriend. I think she was like really Barbie. So it was like really, really slim. And then she had really, really big boobs. And um, Blondie. And um, she was with John. I think that's what's his name. And um, they had just tried to have like sex. There was multiple beefs they had, but they just tried to beat or whatever. And he was really hot. So he couldn't keep it hard. She took it as like like an attack on her. 
Oh my! She was like, she was like, she felt like she wasn't sexy. She's like, I can't even get it. Like it was, it was a scene. And um, just throughout even season one and season two, or or the smoking area was like, oh, I'm gonna go for smoking area. A chair was flying. I need another fag lad. It was giving me correct. Obviously now they don't smoke on camera because I'm not gonna pretend like. Oh my god! Watching it, it was like. It was definitely not healthy, but um, no, yeah, I do. I am happy that there is a lot more aftercare because it is such an entertaining show. Um, but at the end of the day, we know how the British tabloids are, and um, it never really ends with just Love Island, you know. What I mean, it's all fun and games until the tabloids and social media gets you and gathers you across the streets. Yeah, I remember, um, in I think it was two seasons ago, Megan's family had to turn off um her close her dms like literally like within a week of her entering the show because she was getting thousands of death threats and that, megan the the handsome bouncer yeah megan stallion like megan Me- megan energy like dragon energy like her energy when she came in the show because obviously the way that they edited uh, it you're not the one with the words i still follow her to the like i follow and then unfollow a lot of them megan yeah. Still follow her to this day because that girl came in. She said, "I will want what I want when I want it. I will sleep with who I ever I fuck I want." She was giving me put her in the queer version of the show. Put her in the queer version of the show because this is. It. I don't know if you've watched, America has a show called it. They have a show oh, yeah. version. Um, they have a version of Love Island. Yeah, not we are. That's yeah. not. What was are it? You the one? No, that's not it. Oh, uh, uh, I think no. It might have been. Are you the one? It, it, it was something along those lines, but they had a queer version. They had trans people, they had bisexual people, they had gay people. Yeah. It was giving, it was giving sex. It was giving, it was giving everything. It was giving you don't like your sexuality. It was giving you need a journey. It was giving you need therapy. It was giving. So yeah. do I think a Love Island, a, a, an all queer version would be a lot better than, um, uh, not a lot better than a straight version. I think it would be eye-opening for the British people because I think the British people love to see themselves as accepting, but um, there's only a, there's levels to them accepting. It's like, if you're like a prim and proper gay, they love you. Once you steer from a business gay or like, because it's so funny because I like, you, you come across like, and I think it was so interesting because you brought this up. You come across the gay people who are like respect, like respectability politics is a really big thing with them. It's like, oh my God, why can't you just be in like a suit? Like, why are you in a tutu running across in like fairy dust and all the other? It's like, oh, it's giving me, you haven't allowed to, you, you're not living in your expression. It's giving me, you want to still be accepted by these straight people. And it's giving me, you've not, like you, it's like, oh, I can just be gay and live in a straight man's world. And it's like, oh no, I'm trying to change the system. The system here, yeah. it's giving me, this was a cute try, guys, but I feel like it needs this. The amount of kinks I'm seeing, the kinks I'm seeing, I don't think this can work for the majority of the people. And that's why I kind of, I'm, I'm on this journey of where it's like, we have so much in common. Like, I have so much in common with the next poor white person. So much in common, do you know what I mean? Yeah, race might be an issue and I will damn collect you every single time about race, but we have so much in common. The people who we have issues with are these bloody people in power. And um, I'm coming for you because the media as well is not doing its job. And that's what hurts me the most, I think, because I, the media, like, Politicians are always going to try and do what politicians want to do. Do you know what I mean? Me expecting a politician to have some sort of moral standing, yeah, that'd be nice, but it's not what we're going to give. But we have, in our democracy, a method to hold these people to account. We have the media. When you have a complicit media, 
this is giving you guys all should be in jail and we should yeah. fix this right now. So that's why I'm kind of want to go into media and kind of check all of that. But I want to ask you a question. Um, go ahead. Have you seen or heard of the... Because um, right now, I... This is such an interesting, really, really interesting topic to speak to someone who... So would you say you no longer identify as non-binary? Oh, no, I still do. I still am. Okay, so speaking to someone who uh, completely identifies with non-binary, so this is like gender expression is something really big for you that I can can imagine. And um, the way that trans people currently in this country are being treated in the media, especially with how I've, because I'm being so, I'm engaging in politics so much, I'm reading the Telegraph, the Times, the Financial Times, the Guardian, the Observer, I'm going back and forth between all of these. And, <sighs> struggling, but I'm going back through all of these and the way like trans people are being, like being portrayed, because there's a whole debate right now with gender critical thinkers who believe that they're, you know, they're two sexes and that it's like, the, the, the gender critical thing is, to me, there seems to be a really massive overlapping with them and then also people who are opposed to, like, trans people. But, okay, they're saying it's not necessarily opposition. It's just, like, there's a difference. It's like, okay, <laughs> argue your point. Um, but, like, for me, I've really, because I've always, I've never really met anyone who wasn't, um, I like, who actually even toyed with the idea of, like, gender expression. Like, I've never met someone personally before meeting you lot. And, um it's quite interesting because I, being a part of the LGBT community, LGBTQ plus community, I instantly have a, let people do whatever they want. Oh my God, they are happier. They're not stressing you out. What the hell is, why are you so bothered? Get a job. You are unemployed in this capitalist society. You don't have time for this. But obviously I kind of do want to engage each topic as it comes. And that's kind of like how I've been approaching all my research. And not having necessarily anyone I know who I can like go and ask is kind of really deep and intimate questions because it is quite personal but the way it kind of gets brandished like you have these conversations about how like you see in america it's like oh my god like they're they're taking over sports and it's gonna be so unfair or it's like oh my god you're like that whole conversation about like this is castrating children or we're turning them gay it's it's giving very wow i didn't know we were still here i didn't it's giving the moral panic. It's the moral panic they had when the gays were on their way. The gays were marching through, looking cute as per usual, and everyone was like, oh, "They're gonna turn our kids gay. They're gonna do." And now all of a sudden, it's like your your best friend is. Do you know what I mean? It's like your son's gay. I mean, it was like kind of everyone, and it's crazy because it's like I think that what we saw was like as being gay became more acceptable, a lot more people were bloody coming out as being gay. As like for example, Philip Schofield. ITV man who has been married for how many years only recently coming out as gay it's like you could see how homophobic society was and I feel like that's what we're definitely going to see with trans trans people where, where society becomes a lot more accepting you are going to see a lot more trans people that's just naturally how society works there are people who are never going to come out at this point because they say, they see what's going on the way the papers speak about them it's like as if like, the way the papers speak about them you would think trans people are coming to kill your babies they are coming to kill your babies they are the worst thing in this world and it's so crazy because i've again never encountered someone but like i've watched quite a few trans people on YouTube and their journey and followed them. And it's like, this moral panic you guys are having, obviously, firstly, very similar to the one you had over gay people. And it's like, now all of a sudden, we're all just cool with that. Do you know what I mean? And um, 
it's also giving now that it's like it's giving me a different level of sinister now because mm-hmm. it's weaponizing again another minority so it's like there are for example there are women who are gender critical thinkers i won't take away from that well they claim to be gender critical thinkers i won't take away from that i'm not even going to speak on the actual substance of the topic because if i speak on the substance of the topic i do think people will be mad because it's like okay i'm gonna dismiss you all but like there are people who think like that but it's like when you now have men who have Genuinely in their life been misogynist, you know what I mean? It's like, you ain't been no good speaker on this. Now coming to be like, we are championing women's rights. Did you guys are silencing women? It's giving me, wow. You guys, again, this is all, this whole like, keeping the infighting between marginalized groups so that you can go about your life. And it's really crazy because sometimes you'll listen and like, when I, I'm one of those people that I really do, when I follow an argument, it's as if it's my argument I'm making. So sometimes I really have to like, be like, okay, do I actually agree or disagree or go down that journey? And it wasn't until recently, Owen Jones, who's like a, uh, he's a columnist for the Guardian. He um, had two trans people, sorry, I believe one was trans and one was non-binary, not too sure. Um, but yeah, he had them on his YouTube channel. And them, them just speaking about their experience, speaking about the reality of their lives compared to one, they, them, them seeing the moral panic of society and knowing where their actual lives are. And then also people who actually work in circles with trans youth and them speaking about how they're dealing with what society is going on. And I was like, guys, oh my God, would you leave us alone? Leave us alone. You guys are doing too much. Like, you have politicians robbing you and you're bothered about the trans youth. <laughs> do you really... What was your question? Because you said you had a question. Yes, I had a whole question that I was literally meant to ask you. Um, it was what to you is because as a gay man, I know what it feels like to not be straight. Do you know what I mean? I know what it feels like to kind of be ostracized and to be like, okay, I know I'm gay, but this is a feeling I have inside me. I know I'm attracted to men. It's the only thing I'm attracted to. Women ain't cutting it, honey. It was like, when it, when it was like, we're watching straight porn, it was like, well, um, why am I watching straight porn and searching the male model's name? Should I not be searching the female model's name if I'm so into them either? Do you know what I mean? What... Is there, is, could you even describe, or is there a way to describe what it's like to not identify completely with the sexual with giving her birth or you were born with? See, I, I personally can't because I do. And I feel mm. like that's a misconception people ha- often have of me, which is a, also the reason I changed my pronouns back to he, him. Because one, in general, pronouns, I clock the pronouns don't really belong to us. Like my pronouns don't belong to me. They belong to everyone else who uses them because that's mm-hmm. what they need to understand me in in a, in a simplistic way um and i'm just like no like i i've, I've always i've always identified it as as, as male I, I i like he him pronouns i don't feel any sort of dysphoria from using them i don't feel any sort of way being attributed to maleness or whatnot it's just sort of the same way the same way in that my sexuality is food it's like my experience of gender is that I'm always leaving myself room for more. So it's like I've eaten the full plate and, and I've, I've left enough room in my stomach for dessert. And I would say my experience of maleness is the, is the full meal. And then my experience of the other is the dessert. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 
it's interesting because I've always been like, because it was, it's something I'm really cautious about asking as well because I know, like, the whole coming out experience. How do you know your game? But how? Like, how convince me? And it's like, queer spaces what's so lovely about it? it's like we go we say it's done like there's not uh we're not unpacking there's no like what well, prove it to me because i'm just not seeing what you're seeing which seems to be how other people like to be living their lives but okay cool do you know what i mean mm-hmm. people are going to help us their own business some of us aren't um but yeah no it's quite interesting to like hear like what it is or like that the analogy the, the metaphor you're using because i do think metaphors kind of speak volumes for something that we don't necessarily always have the words to say and the fact that you're using the metaphor to kind of be like the meal is how you see your maleness but that dessert is the other and that was why for a while you had the day as a pronoun but also then to see why you also like felt like it's easier to go by the he him even though you still do identify with that broader than just the male part yeah and i think uh, one thing for me is i noticed that um when I changed my pronouns to he, they, I think it was, I think this was at a time when a lot of people were coming out as non-binary and a lot of people were going by they, them pronouns. And so I felt sort of, if I were to stick to my he, him pronouns, um, I would be less valid, uh, like as a non-binary person. Um, and so mm-hmm. I feel like- I changed, Did you feel like you had to do it? Yeah, I, I, I changed them so that people would know upon going on my profile or like chatting to me or whatnot. But um, I've actually been a lot happier since I changed it back um, because I also clocked that I didn't like people who weren't queer using their pronouns for me because I'm like you don't you don't even understand what you're saying you're just you're just saying it to appease me you're, you're mm-hmm. like yeah it's a it's a weird one it's a, it's definitely a weird one it's a it's a it's a person to person thing I think yeah. that's what is so specific about and that's why it's so funny because I also follow. I have like a specific political Twitter and on that I follow like everyone of all ranges and I try to follow people who are more on the other side because it's like what is so good about being there like convince me like really try because every time I'm looking at you it's like this is aging your skin socialism look at honey honey being just be minding your business and not trying to stand on the next the people the, the wealthy that's why they need Botox but anyway so I'm not going to say anything about recent individuals who have passed in society who are of high standing because I don't want them to find me. But I, what I will say was, wow, oppressing people really does age the skin. Ooh, you would have never guessed. Sitting on, I can't even say what it was, sitting on that chair. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, good politics is really good skin. Just going to put that out there for everyone who wants to know. And that and um that includes um if you're bothering other people as well and you're not minding your own business that's not good politics that means you don't have good skin but yeah no um i can't remember what we're going on bloody tangent i mean we're, we're tangent. pretty much done for time but um oh i, I want to end by saying yeah it, people in especially uh, even just even for you because you said that you don't really encounter that many um people who aren't <laughs> cisgender in your personal life yeah Literally, that's like, I feel like that would be the one blind, my main blind spot I would have in the queer community would be not, like, even when, I guess, we met other people on the um, the Visible project, that was the first time, shout out to Visible, that was such a cute bloody project. Very cute. We love that work. Um, when, that was the first time I had ever met someone whose pronouns weren't what I would assume them to be. Yeah. It was the first time ever in my entire life. And I was like, Wow. 
because I've always been like, I consider myself, you know, like if someone told me their pronouns, I'd absolutely use it. And I never really saw the um, actual practicalities of using someone's pronoun, like hearing it and remembering it. It's like, like, mm. like it's, it is something else to remember. Do you know what I mean? It's something else to learn. But and I was really just like, wow. But it's like, it was something I was really, I wanted to learn. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, you've done it. This is the first time. It's like, <laughs> I'm here, guys. I'm going to be on this. We're going to be on this. So, yeah, yeah it was really, really beautiful. Really, really loved it. Yeah, what were you going to say? Your advice to me? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you use Instagram and Twitter. Um, literally just like, because I have like, over the years, like I've developed like a very like nice community of like diverse people. But like um, in the last few years, it's like I've been engaging with more like um, black, queer people. Literally just like follow, following trans people that I meet on nights out. Um, being in more spaces, engaging with, especially artists as well, because it's like, I feel like I share a lot of like art and like models and like whatnot. And it's like, these aren't just like things that I'm seeing in magazines. These are people that I'm meeting. These are people that like interact with my friends and stuff like that. So it's, I feel like Instagram and Twitter, adjusting who you're following, follow people really intentionally um, and sort of like look at your following and be like, okay, but who's missing? Like I remember one, one day I went from my following list and I was just unfollowing a lot of celebrities because I don't, Oh, I got rid of that a while ago as well. I was like, yeah. I love you, but fuck off. I actually mm-hmm. like if you guys are gonna trend on your timeline anyways. You guys are going to trend, someone's gonna tweet about it, it is going to find me. Those number the people I actually want to follow are people who's like, I'm gonna reply to this tweet actually, and you're gonna engage with me because yeah. I don't you know the last time Megan the start Meg just started and replied to my tweet or Nicki Minaj. Even though we both love them, we stand them and anyone tries to come for them, they really catch four hands here. But they ain't never replied to my tweet, so it really <laughs> does give me I'm trying to be following people who were going to engage with. I definitely did that quite a while ago. I'd be like, oh, all of you get off my time, man. Yeah, because I feel like even, even with BLM, a lot of people who were really eager to learn started following more like community speakers or like poli- like put more political or like activist um, kind of black people. But that, that that's that's great for information. But I, th- I think it's more important to follow people like that you relate to. On the ground, uh, on the yeah. ground, just the, yeah. the average Joe. That's who you want to follow because the average Joe is giving you the tea. That's how I did it. And you'll internalize so much. Like even just seeing like, even just like seeing like a trans person like post, like like someone my age posting their story like, oh, like two weeks on tea, exciting. Like you don't even clock how much you're internalizing that. And it makes you humanize other people's experiences way more than like listen to a politician might. So yeah, just just adjust your following people. Use social media really intentionally. Um, consume more stories by by people and communities that you might not necessarily understand, and also understand mm. room to understand more. Um, yeah, do you have? That's one thing I was definitely saying. Yeah, no, I that's I think that's a really great, a, a really amazing point to leave on is. You, you don't, we don't know everything at the moment. Like we don't, there are so many of us, there's so much we don't know. So even if you are listening to this for the first time and it's like, you don't know a gay person in hell or heaven, do you know what I mean? You know, we go everywhere <laughs> or purgatory, more likely where I'm going to be. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, even if you don't know anyone, it's like just following and engaging is like, and you are going to come across, because there are people of all shades of every, like, of every sexuality. We're just annoying people, do you know what I mean? But you will, there are people, especially, just, I think it's just the experiences that we all go through, that are really willing to teach and really willing to engage, as long as you are willing to engage, do you know what I mean? There have been countless times I have gathered people on the spot, 
where they didn't think it was going to happen. And it wasn't like a gotcha moment. It was just a, you're not leaving him until you're educated. Mm -hmm. We don't use that language. We are grown in society. We, we don't, you don't need to feel better by putting someone down. You're a big boy. You can stand on your own two feet without having to feel like, oh my God, it's weird that there's a gay person in this room. We can go past that. And I'm very like confrontational, not like beefy, but it's like, oh, if I walk into a room and I don't necessarily also always present as gay, do you know what I mean? Give me two seconds while I'm speaking, you'll clock it. But I don't always present as gay. Mm-hmm. So when other gay people do who are, are presenting as gay or quite feminine, and I see all the men them clock each other, what are we clocking? You're right. Your eyes are. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like it's that one-two smirk, and it's like that whole. They, they don't really engage as well, but they'll be in the room, and it'll be a one-two smirk, and it's like um, I don't want to be the problem here, but I will gather all of you, and we will have a whole. Because this is giving me you're uncomfortable with your femininity. That's why when you see someone overtly expressing theirs, mm-hmm. you are sitting here and it's like, wow. He's not going to jump on your dick. That, 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 this whole fear that it's like, I'm going to suck your willy out of the blue. Honey, <laughs> you're not paying me. What is this? <laughs> you don't have the coin or the luscious mouth here. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's just really some advice for everyone. It's just really like, we don't know everything. Take your time and learn and go just, have, just go be better people. Go be better people in this great society that mm-hmm. we live in. Yeah. Go and be great with your lavender. Um, and with that, that note, um, I don't even want to end it, but I'm probably going to end it here. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out the film that we were both in, Visible, um, I will leave a link to that below. Um, and I will also be showing, I mean, check out my Instagram as well because I just posted something and I'm posting something again this week. Um, but yeah, um, just before we even go, let's actually say, yeah, the project we were in it was called Justice, hashtag visible, just like me, visible. It was actually like put together by Nelly Rodriguez and um i can just say that they are actually spectacular because i've never been in a project like that before in my life like i've never done any sort of cast directing like i you know i'm a talker but i've never been like you guys are gonna dress me you guys want me in camera you guys want me giving you looks okay and um it was my first queer space really in my entire life it was really welcoming it was really cute everyone was delivering looks and yeah it was just bloody great so shout out to that no, I, I need to bring you out of me because, like, I need I I see you in like I see you in the spaces that I'm in, like, like, like literally, like, mo- like motives where it's just like, oh, like the the mandem will come in, like, give me a big hug and be like, like, like dapping me up, like, bro, or like me, me with my with my white with my white um boohoo.com girls like kicking about um trans people and, da, 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 and just like yeah, it's like take me, I'm ready to go because I'm telling you. I love the straight people I know, but I only know like five people. And those are the people I like. Yeah. Everyone else, they're not really like, I'm really like really selective. Like I speak to like the same five people all the time. After that, it's like, I don't speak to anyone. So no, I need to like me because it's like, obviously everyone likes to pretend like the queer scene is only in America. And it's like, we be having our people them in this country. And I know we do because we're all struggling under this same society. And I'm going to say it, yes, this capitalist society is killing us all. So, um, yeah, I need to go find my other queer brothers and sisters because let's get out of this shit. Oh, Oh, get me out, get me out. Oh my God, it's killing me. It's killing all right, me. guys. Um, wait, actually, what's your, what's your app? Um, oh 
Yeah, so um, at on Twitter, I think it's Farouk. So that's it's Farouk98. So that's F W A R U Q. At on Instagram, I believe it's the same. I have a YouTube channel, so that's just oh. Farouk as well, you know. Yes, I do. You know, we speak about everything from sucking dick to, um, what was it? It was from sucking dick to how men are, black men are the most useless in the black community. Not completely useless, just the most useless of all of us in the black community and how they're stepping on the necks of all of us and how we need to like band together and knock them over the head once or twice and be like, can you guys, hello, hello, we have things that we need to progress on. I'm going to need you to get on the program. So yeah, there's that. There's a lot of just me talking about my experiences and shit in my life because I'm a talker, as you can tell. Um, I'm also starting a political YouTube channel because I've really gone into politics and I feel like people our age aren't engaged. And I understand why they aren't engaged because it's meant to be boring and they've, they've done it. I think they've done this purposefully to not engage us. But Honey, we need to be, because ugh, I can't be living like this anymore, so we need to change that. And um, crazily, actually enough, because I wanted to ask you, um, oh yeah, I'm starting a podcast with me and my two friends. Hey. Um, shout out yeah, shout out to Camden Ola. It's coming soon. It is called The Unruly Archives. You know, I'm just going to tell you, like, Woo, like I'm a personality, but then you know with my two friends, it's like, oh, these are cuties. These are this is a, this is a cute family. This is going to be a cutie. So yeah, that's coming out actually shortly. So wait on that. And yeah, okay. So well, thanks for letting me plug my stuff. So description um, and also the episode title, and I will be sharing stuff on Instagram and Twitter as well. So yeah, check that out. Um, you need to make a link tree. Oh. I need to make an entry because it's funny because after for this podcast we've made a link tree for the podcast but it's like I need to make an entry specifically for my ass. So yeah, make make make, like a, make a master link tree and then just link it to your podcast one. And your I'll podcast. do that. I'll definitely yeah. do. I should do that today. Actually, look at you. Yeah, look at you today. giving me advice do it today because this this will be out on Wednesday. So instead of having to put bare links, do you yeah, you'll just be able to put the link tree. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Perfect. For I hope you have. No, thank you for having me. Do you know what I mean? Have me whenever <laughs> you so, want. Has me when, when you're in London, let, let me yes. let me know in advance. We're going out. Mm. Oh, I I will be there. I will be there. I hope you can hold your liquor. <laughs> Ciao. I can can liquor hold me. <laughs> can liquor hold? You see, tall black men. Did you hear that? Can liquor hold us? That is <laughs> that, that was a fact. So that was 